following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Have no fear. The sports entertainers are here. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Good morning. Fellas, how are we? Um, a little less controversial on this side of things, but we're good. We're good. We're good. That's good. That's good. I At like to hear. At least it wasn't us. At least it wasn't us. At least it wasn't us. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, welcome to another episode. Yeah. Of the Lucha Outsider Show. Uh, Leo. Yeah. Last week you made your return. And you barely spoke. So yes, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually, uh, I've been watching wrestling. I saw a little bit of collision. I saw my on my feed a couple of things that came up. So I'm excited to talk about wrestling on this Father's Day of mine. Happy Father's Day, bro. Thank you. Yes, happy Father's Day, Leo. Hashtag Leo loves wrestling. Hashtag. I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh Quick week. I don't know if you felt this way, but I don't know. I feel like the week flew by. It feels like uh, feels like we were just here last week recording a show. I don't know. I don't know why, but it feels like it went very fast. I think Leo could uh, add his little input on this, but there's a thing, and I think my mo- my mom recently told me this. We were having a conversation. As you get older, right? As you get older, <gasps> you start like back in you, my day. You feel like time just flies, right? And oh. and. Especially now that I'm in my mid 30s, mm-hmm. I remember when I was wilding out in my 20s, right? I didn't feel like time flew as fast as it's flying now. Uh, Leo, oh, is there anything you want to add on to so that? So I'll give credit to my dad for saying this. He goes, Once you turn 18, then you're 40. 18, <laughs> huh? Hey. This is what happens when you start to get older and life that gets in your way. Disgusting ass. Then life gets in the way. Next thing you know, two, day, two years later, you're 40. So just enjoy the ride, guys, because there's a lot of shit coming up. Yeah, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, and I there's some days where I feel like an old man. I mean, granted, I don't look it, but still. Me I, neither. You know, um, Me neither. Leo, come on, please. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we just got to take day by day and work our, not shitty jobs, but work our jobs, our shoot jobs, and then have fun. Here and there, and that's all we could do, right? And then we have this, this, this program, if you will, to talk about wrestling, give our opinions, make some people laugh a little bit, and 
maybe piss some people off. Who knows? Oh, a lot of people are pissed off. <laughs> yeah, more so, more so than making people laugh. I would think. But I think we make some. I think I think we make some people laugh. I think people enjoy the fact that we, you know, seventy thirty. That we that you know we throw shade at the peckerheads and make fun of these fucking you know characters. Unfo- unfo- some of the characters that you see front row on Collision. You get what I'm saying? Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> not, even, not even thirty seconds in. You see all these clowns front row that we see every fucking show. <laughs> yeah, oh, not literally. I don't even think it was 30 seconds. It might have been 10 seconds Dude, into the opening. In the, 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 the intro started and I see Brock Lesnar. Guy. I'm like, come on, yeah. really? Rank the clown. Uh, yep. yep. All right. All right. Before we get started, it's hashtag. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. Rebel that was a nice party. crack. Ooh, hashtag coffee time for me as well. Hashtag Red Bull dragon food over here. Ah, man. I'm definitely going to need this Red Bull for today's episode. All right, guys. Let's get started. Yeah. With what? CM Punk. <laughs> Dude, it's it's an ongoing saga. All with right. The, with the bag. I really thought, okay, because there was this speculation about this interview that he did with ESPN that he was throwing shade at Hangman. Even after reading the whole article, I still didn't think it was that bad, right? And I thought, I'm like... <sighs> You know what? I think after this, we can move past it, all right? Because, yes, he, he did mention some claims of um, – he did say that he did apologize to Tony, but – So you're giving the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, yeah. You mm. know, he said that he apologized to Tony on how he acted at the scrum. Um, and then I got a, I got a couple of points to mention about the scrum and just kind of, you know, going – you know, rewinding the, the – rewinding time back and oh, just a couple things. you. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to mention that, but so he apologized for the whole media scrum shenanigans and I guess everything that happened afterwards. Um, he briefly, without going into detail, did uh, mention brawl out, if you will, and said like, "Hey, this is something that you see in teams in sports." I don't think that was a big of a deal. He's willing to make amends, but apparently, since there's lawyers involved, you know, <laughs> lawyers are not allowing that to happen. And then he had some comments about hangman stiffing him in his double or nothing match okay um with all that i still didn't think that was that bad i thought listen that's it he said what he had to say at this espn interview um he's not gonna say anything else let's turn the page you're gonna be on collision this is gonna be your show and then i'm still it's in a certain extent i'm still optimistic like we could still work things out with the elite and we're gonna get this program somewhere down the line okay (laughs) Okay, this is what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> AEW collision happened Saturday. I had a couple errands to do during the day. I got food for me and my mom, chilling. I have a couple, you know, adult beverages. I'm ready for AEW collision. Marty's next to me, all pumped up, all right? Yeah. And then after AEW collision, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn on Fightful and watch my girl Iridian make her collision recap debut. Okay? Yep. Pumped up, baby. Pumped what up. What a Saturday night. What a Saturday night. And then after after that, watch a little bit of GCW. Look at that. Look at that. You couldn't ask for anything more. I'm pumped up for AEW Collision. I turn on TNT. Uh, they were showing Avengers Age of, uh, Avengers yes. Age of Ultron. Yeah, they were. So I was yeah. watching like the last 10 minutes of that, okay? <laughs> I was watching the last 10 minutes of that. All right. And You're then, crossing the multiverse. <laughs> crossing the multiverse, okay? <laughs> watching the last 10 minutes of that. You know, big, big Marvel guy here. Okay? Uh, AW Collision starts. Boom. The intro's dope. The fucking entrance is fabulous, all right? It's fantastic. Luxurious, all right? I love the colors. I love the HD lights. 
I love everything. I love everything. And then, like Ryan said before, you, you pan the camera to the crowd, and you see the same fucking peckerheads in the front row. Fuck those guys. Looking obnoxious. Ugh. I can't. I can't take it. I can't take it. Cult of yeah, personality. They, they, oh, they always just seem to find the camera, or the camera always seems to find them, one way or the other. Um, something's never changed, man. Uh, it's just. Yeah. Can't escape these fools. Cult of personality hits. Big pop, baby. <laughs> Big pop. Yeah, sound like that. Good job, Leo. Thank you. Thank you. Big pop. Big pop. All right. Cults of personality hits. Not as big as the United Center uh, first dance rampage. CM Punk debut. Not as loud as that, but it was pretty loud. And the reason it wasn't as loud was because it wasn't full of capacity like it was for the Rampage show. Mm-hmm. All right? They, yeah. um, what, do they, what do you call that, Leo, when you Go set an arena or stadium up for a certain capacity? They, there's a way, like, they mod, there's, like, a term for it where they modify, like, the remember. seating arrangements or whatever. So if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the way they modified the United Center – they only modified it for 10,000. And I believe that venue holds 18,000. Where they tarp off the other yes. side? So when I went to Forbidden Door, that was a complete sellout. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, when they did the Rampage, the, the first dance, that was a complete sellout. It was. For, the first one. Yeah, for last night's AEW collision, they didn't do the whole full capacity of the United Center. I think they only set it up for 10,000 tickets. I don't know what was the... the Ten thousand two thirty three. Okay, so it was a little over ten thousand. Yeah, okay. that's all they sold. Okay, so but still, I mean, it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a, still a great number. But the United Center, if I'm not mistaken, they hold up to eighteen thousand people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Punk comes out. He brings a box of gimmicks with him. Not a box, but more of a bag of gimmicks. He brings a bag. Mm-hmm. He brings some wrestling boots, and I'm like, what is he doing here? Okay, so he comes out. He's big, gonna quit. Big smile. Big smile on his face. He's happy. Um. He got a great reaction, and he gets on the mic, and he's like, I'm done, I'm done, and I'm tired of being nice. And I'm like, really? You've been... <laughs> he's <laughs> been what, nice? <laughs> that's what we're going to call this here? <laughs> we're gonna, listen, and for, and for the record, for the Peckerheads, they're going to try to come at me and say, like, oh, you just be a CM Punk hater. No. I'm a no. fan of CM Punk. I'm a CM no. Punk guy, all right? Yes. I, I, you know, even with all this, I still think CM Punk's a great guy. I don't think he's a bad human being. But it's just how he conducts himself sometimes. It's a bit questionable. But I like CM Punk. He's my guy. I could even say I still have love for the guy. So for mm-hmm. the, the CM Punk apologist and the peckerheads that, that, you know, get on their knees and fucking blows everything CM Punk says, get off my back, all right? I, I was a follower of CM Punk before you even knew who CM Punk was, all right? And if you don't believe me, Go out, Lucha Outsiders. You'll see a picture of me and CM Punk from like 02. <laughs> okay. So oh, CM Punk. So so CM Punk tell, me, tell me how you really feel. So CM Punk gets on the mic and he says he's tired of being nice. And, you know, he says he has a lot to say. And he, he listen, the promo is great. I have the, the promo wasn't bad. The thing with CM Punk is. It came off a little bit hypocritical, and who knows? Who's to say that this is not that this didn't happen by design? Because it could have been. We don't know everything that's happening. Listen, as much as I love everything that Fightful does and SRS does, because I think he's the he's the the premier when it comes to dirt sheet reporting. Okay, there ain't nobody touching him at this point. All right, Meltzer, get out of here. I, that doesn't mean he gets everything. That doesn't mean everybody tells him what's going on. I don't think it's out of the question that there's a world where the elite 
and Punk had a sit-down. <clears throat> now, based on what we saw last night, maybe that didn't happen. But who's to say it didn't happen either? You're going to say, we don't know everything. Who's to say this is not who's a work? A, who's to say, there you go, Leo. You just took the words sorry. right out of my mouth. No, I'm no, sorry. no. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Maybe this is all a work. But let's just for argument's sake say that it wasn't. But it could be a work. He starts throwing live rounds at people in the company. Also, interesting note, before he cut his promo, he took the AW gimmick off the microphone. So yeah. I don't know if that's his, like, metaphor of going rogue, if you will, right? Or, you know, shooting from the hip, okay? Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, right, shooting from the hip? I got it. I got it. Uh, you got it? Yeah, the flico. No, no, I got it. I got okay. It. Okay. So <laughs> he starts throwing shade, saying that, you know, this is a business, that, you know, um, there's some people that fear him because he's in the locker room. And then he starts going on a tirade saying he mentions the name. Uh, I forget the, the guy's name that the, the president or one of the executives of, of Warner Discovery, which is the guy that mm -hmm. he mentions in that where he throws shade at the Bucks. Say like, you know, uh, they call me one Bill Phil and I'm like the realist, whatever guy, the most authentic guy um, in this company, you know, uh, and then he throws a, the counterfeit. Uh, Bucks kind of line. Hey, Leo, you know what? Can you play that? Is there a way you could play that right now? I think we got the audio right here. Let's see. There you go. One Bill Phil. That's because I am the one true, genuine article in a business full of counterfeit Bucks. All right. So that was the line. So this is the part that, that just, this is where I feel indifferent about the whole situation. It's like if you're trying to make amends, let's say this isn't a work, all right? Let's 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 say this is straight shoot from, shooting from the hip. If this isn't a work, it's kind of hypocritical that you're making you're making this assumption that the Young Bucks are counterfeit or they're fake or whatever, they're phonies or whatever, still throwing shade, throwing live rounds at the elite, right? But yet you're still trying to make amends. Also, you're calling people soft. My friend... 24 hours before that, in your ESPN article, interview, you were crying with the hiccups talking about that hangman was stiffing you, dude. So it's like, listen, man, who, like, who are you to say calling anyone soft? And then, listen, I love Chicago, all right? Chicago has become my second home. Shout-outs to Iridian Teddy and Sergio. I love them. They're, they become my, my Chicago family. But let me tell you something. Chicago, the city of Chicago, gets the biggest. Congratulations. You the whole yourself. city of Chicago is getting one from me. They're mm -hmm. going to be on our list of congratulations you played yourself at the end of the year. Spoiler. Maybe they won't be number one, but they're making the top ten. At least an honorable mention. No, no, no. They're definitely making oh, the top, top ten. 10? Top oh, ten. Nice. How yes, can yes. you say fuck the elite if you're attending a show that is all elite wrestling that was built on the elite? You bunch of marks. <laughs> well, I had that problem with them last year after the, when they first returned to Chicago the first time after Brawl Out, and they were booing the elite and, uh, you know, doing all that stuff. I, I've had a problem, again, no offense, like you said, to Iridia and Teddy and everybody to else good from Chicago. Chicago. But I had a problem with Chicago ever since that moment where it's like, I understand they're going to come to the defense of their guy, right? But, like, man, like, you're telling me the people in Chicago now hate the elite you all know, because CM Punk 
started something and the elite were defending themselves. It's the same exact thing. You can CM Punk defends himself all the time. You know, he's very outspoken about everything. So like, it's very hypocritical. So ever since that moment, I've had a problem with Chicago. And then yeah, with the fuck the elite chance last night, I was just like, ay, ay, ay. fuck the elite. Yet we're attending a show that oh, is called all elite. elite wrestling. It's not all punk wrestling. It's all elite wrestling. We talk about the four pillars, right? No, in actuality, the pillars are the elite. Cody, the Bucks, Hangman, Kenny, and to a degree, even though he's not a part of the elite, Jericho. Those are the pillars of AEW. Yeah, listen, without those guys, CM Punk would never even be back in wrestling. Let's be honest. 1,000%. He wasn't coming back to the WWE ever. So, like, if it wasn't for those guys, CM Punk would not be in the position that he's in right now. And that's also another reason or another thing that I have against CM Punk where it's like, dude, like, be grateful, man, like for these guys, because they're the only reason that you have a job right now and you're in a wrestling company that was pretty much made for you. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I don't know, man. Chicago just, uh, oh, listen, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sit here and just bash Chicago. Nah, no, 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 I listen, going listen to Chicago I, I, I live my best Chicago life when I go to Chicago, right? right so at right. this, at this point, I'm like a Chicago and a Jace. I think I have. The authority to say, Chicago, you're getting the biggest congratulations for me. You're making the list at the end of the year because how are you booing fuck the elite and saying all this shit? I get that punks your guy. You know what? The boo's fine. I'll even give a pass on the booze. But fuck the elite, but you're going to an AEW show? Really, dude? Yeah. They forget what the yeah. E stands for. It it just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. So. Me. The promo happens, then and then it kind of le- uh, the tail end of the promo does end up leading, saying like, "Hey, listen, the last time I was, what's in this bag was what I was holding. The last time I was here, the last time you guys saw me, and it wasn't because I just won uh, a dog collar match. So it was some shade of MJF. And I was what I listen. I know people are gonna shit on this, but I'm 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 here for for storylines like this. That's the reason why I wouldn't have mind seeing this. But I was kind of hoping that Punk was going to take out the belt and say, like, nah, I'm still the champion. I never got defeated from this, and I'm going to keep defending this title because I never lost it. So now, at some point, you get, like, a unification match or something like that, and who's the real world champion? You know, we've seen New Japan do it. We've seen Ring of Honor do it in the past as well. So I was kind of hoping they were going in that direction, but that didn't happen. Maybe... Who's to say that it won't happen months from now? Maybe we're going to... Because it seems like we are going to get, at some point, another MJF punk program. Yeah. But MJF needs to win this. There's the, Listen, let me tell you something. Tony Khan, I'm going to have this button warmed up for you. If by any chance you decide to put the world title back on CM Punk, all right? <laughs> like, I'm going to have this button warmed up for you if that happens. You played yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the the thing here. It's like, how are you going to book CM Punk to where he never gets involved in the title picture, right? Like, how do you keep him interesting? And, and I mean, you know, how does he go from feud to feud to feud where he's most likely going to win all these feuds, right? And never challenge again for, for the world title. And, you know, if he challenges for the world title, I agree, he has to lose. But I don't know, man, it's CM Punk. He's the biggest draw in the company, whether you love him or you hate him. And, and putting the belt on him, I mean, Tony knows that that's huge for ticket sales, for boost in ratings, and it's just good for business. So I understand. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be the most interesting thing is to see how they book that. Um, but let's, you know, to, to, to keep it here at Collision in the current moment now. Listen, honestly, the promo that CM Punk did, I, you know, you know, 
as soon as he starts talking, I'm like, okay, this shit's going to be controversial. You just know that. Tomorrow, there's good. Oh, not even tomorrow. Just like afterwards, I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to see a million headlines. Ryan was here for the fuckery. And all this stuff. <laughs> it's like he hasn't even been back in the ring for, you know, a minute and a half. And he's already like uh, shooting from the hip. So I'm like, you know what? Not surprised. This is who he is. I didn't have any problems with the promo overall. I really didn't. Um, besides what you said where he's like calling the elite soft and, and everything. It's like, yeah, that's very hypocritical. Okay, like CM Punk is is very soft as well. Um, but the counterfeit Bucks line, I had no issues with that. I don't even care about him like, you know, you know, throwing that in there. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the the Young Bucks Twitter yeah, bio. They I were kind of like, yep. you know. It was 2018. We would have made that T-shirt out of this. They, they should. I think they should still. Little, yeah. I mean, they still. Yeah. They, who's to say they they can't still do that? But um. Yeah. I mean, listen. I think they're just over it at this point too. They're they're just like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna entertain it, but in a typical young bucks fashion, you know. Um, I think at this point, I could agree with what you what you said before too. I could definitely see punk in the bucks uh having had a talk already you know talking this thing that's through. what i'm hoping I, for i know that you know they uh, cm punk said he reached out to them but the lawyers got involved this and that um you know that could be true too i think eventually they're going to be okay with each other i think eventually they're going to do business with each other um there's just no reason to just drag this out even more i just feel like get it over with and be done and both parties can move on and like i said last week i think i said it last week we can't officially move on from this until we get a, an on-screen program between I agree. these two sides. Once we get that, we could finally move on. So I'm hoping, and you know, I, I want to see it myself, but I'm just hoping for the case of like, so the fact that we can just move on and move forward, I really hope that we get this sometime this summer, maybe at Wembley, maybe at All Out, maybe you know somewhere this year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't drag this into next year. Get it over with now and let all parties move on. But I do like this attitude of CM Punk. He had to come back and be this heel character. I know he really didn't come off as a heel last night because he's in Chicago. But I think moving forward, he's going to you know, get more and more negative reactions from the crowd. Um, and I think full-fledged heel CM Punk is the way to go. He might as well just embrace this at this point. And uh, listen, I ain't going to lie. You know, Seeing him in the ring last night, seeing the energy he brings, I can't say... It's not great to have him back because I genuinely no. enjoyed yeah. having him back. Me too. And uh, yeah, man, uh, we're off and running. And Collision, I thought, was overall fantastic. The presentation uh, of it was great. And yeah, man, I'm 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 ready to to see what comes from this and this second coming of, if you will, of CM Punk. Before we get into just Collision overall, on Friday I, I had a little bit of downtime at my job, so. I just went down like the CM Punk rabbit hole. I ended up watching when he made his debut, uh, just the reaction he got at the United Center. I saw the first promo he cut, just how genuine and happy he looked. And then I continue going down that rabbit hole. Oh, boy. I, I watched the media scrum, and I'm like, wow, that's night and day. What the fuck happened in a year where you – is it just all the elites – shenanigans and thinking that they leaked out shit to whoever it was that that you know about the coca band and stuff and blah 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 and i'm just like man because you generally saw the happiness there you you saw the happiness with punk in that first promo the first couple of months you saw that um so that happened and then i even went back and listened to oh also back to the media scrum 
you visibly saw Tony Khan just break apart and he wanted to cry. He looked like a child that wanted to cry. Like, visibly, he looked heartbroken and his face is just like, he couldn't believe what was happening right now. Mm-hmm. He looked heartbroken. He looked like a child that was ready to cry. I even went back and listened to that episode that we did post All Out where we talked about just everything that happened at All Out and then seeing Punk stuff or whatever. I just went down that rabbit hole just to get ready for CM Punk's return. And, you know, regardless on how he handles things that I don't agree with, just seeing him live, it's for you're, you'll be a liar to say you don't feel something when you see him. Because you do. Right. right. Yeah, whether you love him or you hate him. The energy. Like the, there's the something John there. Level. John Cena level. Absolutely. 1,000%. Yep. There's something yeah. there. Yeah. Again, whether you love him or you hate him, you're going to tune in to either boo the shit out of him or to, to cheer the hell out of him. And yeah, I mean, that's the type of emotion that he brings whenever he's in the ring. He's a very polarizing figure. He knows that, okay? He definitely knows that. He was, the, the shots that he's, you know, the the things he said in his promo too, he's like, oh, this is not a popularity contest. We all know if I, I would have lost that a long time ago. Like, he knows. He's oh, he very knows. Polarizing, but he's going to embrace the shit out of it. And rightfully so. Just like he said, you know, in the promo as well. He's not going to change who he is. And you know what? That's why I've always loved and respected CM Punk is because he is who he is. He never changes. Mm-hmm. He speaks up. And yeah, okay, most of the time he speaks his mind and it gets him into trouble. But I think that's what people love about him. And that's that's what I loved about him back you know, when he did the Pipe Bomb promo and everything he was you know doing during that Summer of Punk um, you know thing. So... That's that's what made me fall in love with the guy. I mean, I loved him even before, but I fell even more in love after that. So, um, yeah, listen, he's he is who he is. He's not going to change. He's back now for this, I guess, final run, if you will. You know, I don't know how much more he has left in the tank. Um, he did look good in the ring. I know we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more, but he did look pretty good. Um, and yeah, I don't, you know, this is who he is. You either love it, you hate, or you hate it. But if you're going to be an AEW fan, if you're going to tune into Collision, you got to learn to deal with it because this guy is here right now. He's the star of this show, and I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't go anywhere now, you know. Um, but we'll see. Just one last thing when it comes to just this topic of the elite and punk stuff. I don't know if you if you've noticed this, Ryan, but the amount of pay, the amount of people that have kind of like specifically with the Young Bucks, not so much Kenny Omega and Hammond, but the amount of people that are just, like, at this point, like, Rudy against the Bucks and just throwing, like, talking so much shit about the Bucks now, like, oh, they deserve it and this, this, and that. I'm like, where's this energy coming from? Like, what what's, what's so funny about this is, like, every time Punk says something or throws shade or throws a live round or whatever, it's nothing but applause. People are happy about it, whatever. Yet, when the elite... Right, and who knows? Maybe that promo last night was all receipt. Because let's remember, during the best of seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite, when they were in Chicago, the Elite were trolling CM Punk in that match, doing some of the CM Punk moves and botches. So who's to say? Maybe this was all a receipt from Punk, right? Yeah. We don't know Well, that. you know he holds those deep in right, his back right. pocket, and he waits for the right moment but, to throw those out but there. But the vibe I get from like the CM Punk loyalists and the CM Punk apologists is like, Anything CM Punk does, we're good for it. But if the Young Bucks respond back to it, it's a problem. Even last night with the whole Twitter uh, bio thing. Oh, what everything that CM Punk said was fine. But the second that Young Bucks changed their Twitter bio, oh, they're just being petty. Oh, they're, they're crybabies. Like, 
fam, you don't see the Young Bucks on ESPN doing interviews still talking about something that happened a year ago. It's CM Punk. CM Punk is usually the one that continues this conversation going. Even with the All Access show, right? The Young Bucks were very careful with the words they chose on that show. They really... They they kind they talked about the brawl out without mentioning CM Punk. They just they mostly talked about it from their perspective of some of the stuff they were going through, and they weren't sure they were going to even come back to AEW. They thought their careers were over, right? So just this idea and this just like vibe from a certain part of the audience where they're just like, "Yo, fuck the young bugs. They deserve it. This isn't that." Like, fam, you don't know these people. Listen, the reason why this conversation continues being alive, right, and trendy. Is because CM Punk has continued the conversation. CM Punk right. continues to talk about it even on social media. We talk about hip- hypocrisy here, right? How, like, CM Punk at times comes off a little hypocritical. And like I said, I'm a CM Punk guy. I love CM Punk. But I'm calling a spade a spade. And that media scrum, he praised John Moxley. Six months later, this guy's throwing shade at Moxley on social media. So which one is it, bro? Yeah. Which one is it? Yeah, well, so, I mean, that's the stuff that I hate about CM Punk. I mean, I hated, you know, the Instagram stories that he just did recently, you know, calling out Brian Alvarez, the one what you're talking about where he buries Mox and Jericho. I mean, that's the shit that I hate and I just don't want to, you know, be dealing with. And I just, I don't really want to pay any mind to it. Um, you, you know, but but the CM Punk we saw last night where he's, you know, on the microphone shooting and, and throwing these little shots, that I do like because, again, it's part of the show. It could potentially be you know, leading to a storyline and angle and whatnot. Um, but yeah, all the, all the drama, you know, that, that was leading up to this, that's what I hate. Hopefully we're done with that now. Um, and everything that happens now with CM Punk is just on screen because I think if it's on screen, it's better because again, you could turn it into storylines and stuff when he's calling out Mox and calling out Jericho and then he's shitting all over Brian Alvarez. I mean, it's just the shit that just like, he shouldn't even be like, just giving attention to any of this, you know? Um, but yeah, listen, that scrum is what it is. It's over with. It's done. And like I said, once we get this program, hopefully we do on screen between these, these two sides, I guess. We could just finally move on because I am so just yeah. tired of talking about it. I think all these guys, too, have to be tired of this already, you know? We'll never know what happened that night. We truly will never know. No. Despite, you know, Sean Ross Haps and everybody, you know, saying what they say. We will truly never know what went down. Only those guys will. And uh, it's unfortunate. It happened. But time to move on. Make some money off of it. And uh, and be done. That That's what I'm hoping for too, man. I, I really am. Because it's just it's tiring, man. And I was, thinking, I, th- I was thinking about this on the way to Leo's today. I was thinking about like, you know, we always talk about like tribalism and wrestling, right? And now there's tribalism within the same company, bro. Like... You don't, like as a wrestling fan, that fucking sucks, man. Like, listen, you're not like this. I'm not like this. We, uh, some of our our close friends aren't like this. Like, we watch all wrestling. We support everyone, right? If there's someone we don't like, guess what we do? We just don't talk about the person, right? But now you have tribalism within one company, bro. Like, that's terrible. That's not growing this company. That's just further like you're putting you're putting like a, a brick wall within your company where it can't further grow if now it's like, you know what, I'm not going to support this show because they're there. Or I'm not going to support this show because, like, like I, I don't know. I felt a certain type of way about that Chicago crowd last night because it's like, come on, man, fuck the elite, bro. Do you know the show you're attending right now? 
tribal the tribalism is awful. I mean, it's the same thing. Not even just punk fans versus elite fans, but it's AEW versus WWE. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid, man. I I used to like back in 2019 when AEW debuted and stuff. I used to get into like arguments on Twitter with people. I was defending AEW, and, you know, and everybody was just shitting all over it. But I just realized very quickly, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, why am why am I even wasting my time doing this? Listen, you watch what you watch, you enjoy yep. what you like, and. The tribalism is just something that's made up because, again, guys from WWE and guys from AEW, they're they don't all really friends. They're all friends. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, man. Again, the the tribalism and the wrestling community. I mean, we say this all the time. It's it's the worst, man. It's the most toxic fan base out of anything in the world. All right, let's talk about AEW Collision. We're going to talk. I, I think most of the show we'll we'll cover. Um, but we got a new we got a new TNT champion. Luchasaurus, but now Christian's holding the title. I, I, I know. <laughs> Listen, the match was fine. You know, the match was what it was. Um, I didn't have no issues with the match, but I know some people are making a big deal on how this title's becoming a hot potato. But going back to what I've been saying for a while, all right, are we just going to ignore the Attitude Era where titles were flip-flopping back and forth? on a constant basis are we just gonna erase history listen i think at this point tnt has the tnt championship has be, has lowered down and yeah. in the cards when it comes to championships when we yeah. when we think of the world title the premier title right and then right underneath that is the international title that orange cassidy does not the tnt title anymore so i don't have a problem with the tnt title bouncing off and on uh, from people all right um Here's my my hot take is I think Powerhouse Hobbs should still be holding it. All right, not even Warlow. Listen, yeah, Warlow, yeah. get him out of here. <laughs> Shelve him for like three months or something until he could grow his ponytail back. Cause I, I, I guess the power is within the ponytail because that dude is just he's lost a lot of steam. All right, get him out of here. I don't want to see Warlow on my TV anymore. Let him grow his ponytail out again, then you can come back on TV. As for the Luchasaurus Christian, whatever pairing and them holding the TNT championship, I guess Luchasaurus is the champion. I don't know if, if Christian's gonna claim he's the champion. I don't know what they're gonna do there, but I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. But you know, it is what it is. It happened to happen. But like I said, people that are making a big deal, like, oh my God, he's like the twenty four seven champion. Yeah, you bunch of fucking morons. Go back to the Attitude Era. The titles were switching back and forth constant basis are we gonna just erase history get out of here yeah yeah i mean listen it's a tv title for a reason it's gonna be flip-flop back and forth um listen not every single champion has to have a six-month reign you know i mean like i don't the flip-flopping here and there while it does get annoying and i can understand why some people would be against it it is what it is like you said the tnt title has really just lowered to mm-hmm. below mid-card status at this point it's uh it just doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel special. It's almost like, you know, uh, well, I mean, not really nowadays because now they put more emphasis into it. But remember when the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title on WWE for the past few years was so irrelevant that yeah. you wouldn't even know who the champion was half the time because they don't even defend the title. Mm-hmm. I'd always have to, like, think about it. Like, wait, who's the current Intercontinental champ? Oh, yeah, it's Nakamura. Right, yeah, this guy hasn't I, even been I thought you me. were going to give him a go lower than that, and I thought you were going to say, like, European Championship of Jays. That's what I thought no, you were going to say. No. <laughs> that's what I was going to go for. Uh, but, like, that's what it's become now, where it's like you're going to have to think, wait, who's the TNT champion? Because you're like, oh, is it Wardlow again? Oh, no, wait, he lost it, but did he ever win it back? Oh, no, I, th- I don't think he – you know, it's like – it's something like that where you're just going to be like, wow, I don't even know who the hell the champion is anymore. 
Um, but yeah, I agree. Listen, Wardlow, he has just become like I don't I don't know if I want to say get off my TV, but like he's just become like just another guy that I just find myself not caring about. And I, it's sad because at one point, at one point meaning like last year, he was one of the hottest acts in the company. This is what I want to compare it to. I don't watch NXT, right? But yeah. from what I, I read, right, on the on the on the social media and the internet gimmick, Braun Breaker since turning heel, he has made like a complete like one eighty, right? Prior to that, Braun Breaker was stale as shit and it's like get him off my TV type heat. Warlow right now is Braun Breaker of Jace. Yeah, I mean listen, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they, and although I understand, like, he has no spot right now in the main event picture, right? He's not going to go win the world title. But you could still keep him hot, you know? You could still keep him a special attraction type of act on TV. And they haven't done that. They've just buried this guy time and time and time again. And I thought maybe, you know, he wins the TNT title back from um, Powerhouse Hobbs and they pair him with Arn Anderson. I think that's going to do wonders for him. <laughs> Nope. And I understand he he didn't, you know, lose clean. But still, another loss here and dropping the title again. I don't want to see him regain the title. Okay? No. I, you, like I said before. Get him off my him TV. Away, let him grow the back, ponytail back. Because listen, listen it, since he cut his hair, well, you know, they did it with the angle or whatever, which I, I, I really want to know, like, the theory behind that. Like, did he do, like, a movie role that we don't know about? What was the point of him cutting his hair? Was it just for the angle? Because if it was just for the angle, I'm giving him one of these. Congratulations. You played yourself. Man, the guy, since cutting his hair, he's just like a plain Jane, man. Like, he needs to let his hair grow back. Because it's not like he's bad in the ring. He's pretty good in the ring. Like, I'm not saying, like, he's, like, the greatest wrestler. But he's, you know, I think he's, like, average at best, you know, which is fine. But it's just, man, I, I feel like that hair just added a different element for him. And... Now he's just look like generic wrestler number five from the Performance Center. So get him out of my TV, let him hair, grow his hair back, and then he can make a run in at some point somewhere. Who knows? Maybe by All Out, he could be a surprise at the Casino Battle Royal gimmick and his hair will have some length or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Wardlow has fallen so far down the card. He needs to go away for yeah, a little bit. Get him out just... of my TV. Get him out of here. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this match, which I was very excited to see. My guy return, and that's Andrade. He faced off with Buddy Matthews, and this match was fantastic. Oh, my God! Um, they got great chemistry with each other, and I think they, on a personal level, I think they, they're pretty good friends as well. <clears throat> and I love the ending. The ending, um, the last couple of minutes of their match, you know, both of them were paying homage to their significant others with Buddy Matthews hitting that... Um, that reverse like clover leaf that Rhea Ripley does, mm-hmm. and then Andrade wins the match with the figure eight. I thought that was a really cool finish, and I loved how Kevin Kelly um, kind of gave a wink and a nod to what they were doing in the ring by saying like, "Oh, I think they were that you know they were uh, Andrade was playing it cl- close to home with that," and I think that was like a little a nod to Charlotte. Even Charlotte went on social media praising not only her husband Andrade but also Buddy Matthew. So. Fantastic match, match of the night for my, uh, uh, my take, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Andrade back. And now it seems like Andrade's full fledged baby face 
And it looks like we're going to get a House of Black Andrade and Company um, program. I don't know where this is going to lead to. I know there's some rumors of Roosh. He might be leaving his AEW contract. So I don't know if Andrade is going to be affiliated with LFI or maybe he's going to, who's to say, you know, Forbidden Doors next week. Maybe he gets some um, some LIJ, um, LIJ members from New Japan. I don't know. Maybe we get a, a nice little six man there. I don't know. Or maybe this is going to continue going into the summer. I don't know. But I'm just happy to see Andrade back on my TV. Yeah, totally. You knew this match was going to be a banger the moment it was announced. Uh, these two guys are fantastic. They got insane chemistry. And like you said, they're, I think they're buddies off screen as well. So that definitely helps add to that. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I love Andrade. I think he's super talented, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, he needs to be on TV. Yes. I mean, you have him under contract. You need to be featuring him every single week. And I'm glad to see him back. Um, you know, I that's the one thing about this show, Collision, where it's like it, it was nice to see the return of guys we haven't seen in a while. And that's why I know they're not going to be doing a hard brand split, but I do like the fact that now we can, you know, see more guys featured uh, weekly. And that includes guys like Andrade, because, again, he when he was in AEW the first time around, you know, before he went away recently and just didn't really do much of anything. You know, I, I, I feel like he was wasted. And I said that time and time again. I'm like, do something else with Andrade. Hopefully they do this time around um, because, yeah, I thought the match was great. The finish was great. And I'm interested in seeing him taking on the House of Black. And let's run that Andrade and uh, and Malachi match back again, you know, from going back to the NXT days. Uh, they had great chemistry together. Yep. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Miro made his return. Tony Nese and um, uh, Smart Mark Sterling, they uh, I think it was right after a commercial break. You know, they were trashing the Chicago crowd, trying to make them do some exercises or whatever, calling the Chicago crowd fat and some other names there. And then Miro made his return. Big pop. Love seeing him, you know, do his pose with the pyro going all over the place. Miro looked great, man. Another guy that I'm a big fan of. He was truly missed. And I'm just happy to see him back on TV. And hopefully he's another guy. Listen, when when the TNT title actually meant something... Miro was one of those champions. I think they took the title a little bit too soon from him. Um, he should have kept rocking with the title maybe a little bit longer, maybe even closer to a year. Um, big fan of Miro, just happy to see him back on TV. Yeah, the same exact thing I just said about Andrade. I'm going to say the same thing about Miro, another guy that I wouldn't really say he was necessarily wasted because, like you said, he had a great run with the TNT title. Um, but ever since he lost it, he really didn't do much and then uh, had no spot on TV. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you not have a spot for Miro on TV? Like, that's just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so now, again, that's the beauty of adding two more hours of television each week. You have no excuse now. So, uh, yeah, he's just another guy that I'm very happy to see back. And let's feature him in bigger storylines because this dude is awesome. And you still have him under contract, so you might as well use him. Um, yeah, really happy to see him back. I thought it was great. So... I got a couple of thoughts about not necessarily this match, but just the program when it comes to the women's division. This is something that AEW continues just not fixing their issues and making stuff matter, right? So I'm going to try to balance this out with, I'm going to start off with the negative and then talk about the positive. First of all, the outcast is stable. This stable has become damage control of Jace, all right? And the, the sad part is one of the members is the women's world champion, yet this stable just, it's 
at this point, I thought they were going to get some steam when, when Ruby got into the group, and I feel like Ruby did a great job in her first promo on why she joined the Outcast and, and you know, the reason behind this group as a whole. But, man, did they just drop the ball with this group? Like, this group just doesn't matter anymore. And one of the members is the Women's World Champion. Um... Where's Soraya? Does anybody know what's going on with her? I think Meltzer reported something. Something's going on with her, but he didn't go into detail. I, I just, man, AEW's really given us every reason not to give a shit about the ACAS. Now, here's the positive. Anytime you see Willow Nightingale, I think it's just a positive on your TV because she's just so bright and she's just so awesome and she has that connection with the crowd and she gets an amazing pop every single time she comes out. All right. And I'm just, and even under circumstances with Mercedes getting hurt, now she's your New Japan strong open uh, women's champion and hopefully she'll be defending that title for Door. which, listen, anytime I see more Willow on my TV, I think that's a positive. Another positive is, listen, Sky Blue this year. She's getting a run, man. She's she's um she's starting to have kind of a breakout star year, and um with her match with Tony Storm on Dynamite, and then her getting showcased in this tag match as well. You know this is a, this is at least a positive when it comes to the women's division. Now with this other show, you have a young blood like Sky Blue getting showcased more. She's getting more getting her shit in now, and you know she's a future star, man. And you know she has a really cool look. She's young, and I think this is good for her long term. Yeah, Sky Blue is is really, really. She's been breaking out a lot recently, um, and it seems like AEW is kind of high on her at the moment. I know she's from Chicago, so she yep. got that big win, um, you know. But I think they see something in her, and rightfully so. I think she's got it. Um, I agree, Willow. I think is fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, this this Outcast shit is just brutal, brutal television. Um, nobody can give a shit when they walk out there. I mean, th- there's zero reaction. Yep. I don't really know what's up with Soraya. I hope all is well. I know um, they said there's an undisclosed reason that she's away, and I hope everything's okay. This group just is not it. Um, <laughs> I don't know where they're going with it. I, I don't even know what to say. Um, it's just terrible, and I, I hate, you know, like whatever i enjoy ruby soho and you know soraya has been whatever i don't really think she's been that great since coming to aew not not what i thought she was going to be um but tony storm man seeing tony storm in this group is depressing to me because i just feel like tony could be doing better things man listen seeing my girl ruby is depressing because i think she was so before she turned heel she was getting cheered people wanted to see her more on like you know get a run with the title and then they just turned to heel, and now she's like, she's floundering, man. Listen, I even Tony Storm as a champion, I feel like she's floundering. Yeah, I know it sucks. It sucks to see them both in this group, and uh, like I said, I don't know where it's going. So I can't even tell you like, oh, they're gonna break up, or oh, it's just gonna get dropped, or no, they eventually will go on their own separate ways. I don't know. There's just no signs of it coming to an end. There's no. S- progression anywhere um you know we thought we were gonna get that blood and guts but it's not happening at this point i mean no they dropped they dropped the ball on that i I will say one last thing when it comes to the whole outcast and the the originals versus the, the 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 outsiders gimmick whatever i don't know if you've been paying attention right and i know you know we criticize like the women's division a lot in AEW because they they just i don't know they just we want them to put more effort in it right because they have the talent. They just, they're not telling the proper stories, okay? I don't know if you noticed, 
But Taya has been leaning onto heel, and now she's been feuding. They're gonna, she's gonna have a match with Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander's an original. Taya's an outsider. It would not shock me if Taya sides with the Outcast, or there's some shenanigans there. It would not shock me at all because Taya has been leaning heel. I could see it, but does anybody care? Straight up, does anybody care? I mean, does anybody care about Taya Valkyrie in general? I, I, I mean. No offense to her. She's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about her at all. And I don't really, again, I don't really care about the outcasts. So, yeah, sure, I could definitely see that. But for what? You know? For what? It's not gonna It's not gonna do anything for the group. It's not gonna do anything for Ty Valkyrie. I think she's better off just doing her thing, whatever she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see it, but I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's just me. I don't think it's just me. But like, I just no, and a lot of people don't give a shit about that. Listen, AEW hasn't given us a reason to care about the Outcast group. That's the problem. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. All right, let's talk about this main event, okay? Because we're really going to talk about that claim scissoring with Tony Schiavone. No, we're not going to do that. All right. <laughs> I, listen, I love <laughs> Tony. Yeah, I, I, I love Tony Schiavone, but we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the main event. We got the BCG Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe versus CMFTR. Listen, we talked about CM Punk uh, earlier um, in the in the top of this episode. We talked about you know the the promo shenanigans, or whatever. But let me tell you something: that CMFTR logo, the merch, is very tempting to buy. Let me tell you, that merch looks fantastic. There's two shirts that grab my attention. There's the one that I can't think of the of the the artist names. I I, I follow them on, on Instagram, Haley something. I can't think of the the artist that created the one where CM Punk's in the middle and then. FTR is like on the side of, of each side of CM Punk, and it's like mm-hmm. the 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 purple, the pinkish like outline, like kind of like a la Bre- Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that one, but then there's another design where it says CMFTR on top, pink lettering, just like the you know the Bret Hart colors, and then you have like the the fist of CM Punk with the gloves with the X. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. those two designs. Listen, I'm like, damn man, do I really want to be that guy buying that merch? Because it looks really dope. <laughs> Anyways, um. Bullet Club comes out, Samoa Joe comes out, FTR comes out, CM Punk comes out. The second CM Punk came out, man, I don't know, you saw Dax Harwood? Man, my man was pumped up. He was so fucking happy. He was happy. And you could tell, like, there's genuine love there between all three guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the match begins. Listen, the match was fun, okay? Um, you mentioned about CM Punk looking good. Listen, this is what I will say about CM Punk. First of all, anytime he's in the ring, he could do the littlest thing. It gets a reaction, okay? He's a superstar, all right? He's an attraction. I will say, though, CM Punk didn't look bad, but let's also point out the obvious. He was heavily protected. Let's also act like he wasn't protected, all right? Besides Samoa Joe chopping the shit out of him. <laughs> besides that, that was... bes- besides Samoa Joe, and who knows? Maybe that happened by design. It's like, all right, bro, you were complaining about Hangman stiffing you, or you were going to complain about me stiffing you? I'm your boy. I'm going to stiff the fuck out of you, right? Because, you know, for those that don't know, Joe and Punk have a relationship there. They're friends, okay? Um, so Samoa Joe was laying his shit in. Um, they had me at one point of this match, right? They had me when uh Samoa Joe had that um that that sleeper lock on on Punk, and then each uh each Jay White and Juice had one of the FTR guys like on each side. I'm like, yo, is Punk really gonna pass out? Yo, they had me. They had me. But yep. ultimately, my guy Juice Robinson had to do the job, you know, um, Shatter Machine, and then the GTS, and then the CMFTR picks up the win. Listen, 
Overall, I thought it was a fun episode of Collision. I thought the main event was cool. It was fun. Um, Punk didn't look bad, but also I'm going to point out the obvious Punk was heavily protected as well. Um, but who, well, listen, he'll get a shit in. He'll get a shit in. I think this is all a little slow progression. And listen, I think I'd rather have it that way. All right? Because if, listen, I don't know if CM Punk's going to wrestle every week, which I don't think that's the, that's the right direction to go. But if he's going to wrestle every two weeks or whatever the case may be, Listen, he's an investment at the end of the day, so you got to protect him, especially if he's quote unquote like injury prone or whatever the fuck you want to call it, or, or or whatever it is you want to word it. Um, overall, I thought Collision was fun. I enjoyed the episode. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking, right? But it was a it was a fun episode, man. I enjoyed Collision. Yeah, yeah, I thought the main event was great. I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. Um... I thought CM Punk looked good, you know. I, I for a guy who hasn't been in the ring for ten months, you know, um, he looked really, really solid. And yeah, of course they protected him. That would that's that was the basis of this tag match uh, for the most part. But when he was in there, man, he got his shit in, and it looked good, man. It, it didn't botch anything from what I saw. I'm nope. sure you know there's people on Twitter no. analyzing every move. No, back everything, and, everything he did, he know, hit. Causing yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked great. Uh, you really can't ask for anything more. And yeah, I just hope he could stay healthy, man, and doesn't get injured again. And uh, yeah, I love that interaction with Samoa Joe. Uh, those chops, man. Oof, God, you, you could freaking feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you know, those two guys are friends. So like, yeah. I knew that like, oh, CM Punk's not going <laughs> to bitch and moan about that. You know, or <laughs> I'm going to lay my shit in. Go complain to ESPN <laughs> that I'm laying my shit in. Yeah, yeah, like, I just knew, like, all right, these guys are friends, so it's cool. It's not like, you know, Joe's not shooting on him or anything like that. Um, it was really cool to see CM Punk in there with Jay White, man. I mean, I don't that know. That was really, really cool, like, man. That was really fucking cool. thought I'd cool. see that, you know? Um, yeah, and, and like you said before, FTR, it looked like they had an extra pep in their step. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, rightfully so, man. It's it's an exciting time for them. They got their guy back, and... uh yeah, listen, like you said, nothing groundbreaking, but I thought overall it was a very enjoyable watch. And I'm sure, you know, this show is just going to get better over time. And I hope that, you know, in six months from now, we're still talking about how good this show yeah, is. And me it's too. just like me too. the excitement in the beginning, like it was for Rampage. You know, the excitement in the beginning, the shows are hot. And then after a while, they kind of just give up. And it's just another, you know, waste of a time show. Like it needs to be. There needs to be some interesting things on the show if you want people to yep. sit home on a Saturday night and tune in to, you know, two more hours of wrestling. Um, we already get enough of it Monday through Friday. So you're asking people to sit there for another night and ingest two more hours. Um, you got to make it worthwhile. And um, listen, I don't know if I'm going to watch it every single week live because, you know, life, man. You know, next week I already got plans on a Saturday night. I'm not going to be sitting in and watching a collision, yeah, but I'm glad I, got, I was yeah. last night. Yep. Uh, yep. But moving forward, man, this is going to be a show that's on my DVR that I go out of my way oh, to yeah. watch if they make it worthwhile. So I hope they do. Uh, it was a good start. One last thing on CMFTR. Listen, if I, I really hope they continue this. Not necessarily saying like they have to do everything together, but let's continue making CMFTR a thing, right? Where they're an actual stable where it's like when they have to unite for whatever, or trios, or they're feuding with, like, another stable, whatever, continue that being a thing. Like, don't have it to just be a one-off, and then we forget that they even are a thing, like, for the next, like, month, month and a half, whatever. I hope they continue being a thing, and who's to say? You know, especially with, you know, FTR signing new deals with AEW this year, and CM Punk's back, and hopefully he continues being healthy. 
Listen, who to, who's to say a year from now they could be their next trios champions? We don't know that. Yeah, dude, I'm here for it. I agree 100%. Listen, feature them as much as possible. Have them be a legit stable. Yep. Uh, like the like the elite is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, have have a bunch of six mans together, and then even when they're not, you know, doing when they're doing separate things, yep. you know, have CM Punk in FTR's corner, yeah. you know, things like yeah. that. I'm here for it, man. Sell all the merch. Mm-hmm. Listen, these guys are. I, I just always love to see when guys have real life chemistry together. They're real life friends, like you know, Kenny and the Bucks, and like CM Punk and FTR. Like it just it works, you know. It's just like the new day as well. So uh, yeah, man, I'd ride this wave as long as possible. Um, yeah, it, it, was it cool. just, it just works. And especially with a team like FTR as well, like, <clears throat> like I feel like WWE dropped the ball when they were still there and not necessarily with like the FTR run, you know, NXT was great, but like, listen, what they're doing with CM Punk and FTR now, like they could have did the same thing with FTR, the revival and Randy Orton. Like they yeah. just meshed well. So together, I remember they had like a, a hybrid of the Shatter Machine and the RKO. It kind of looked like a version of the 3D. I thought, like, man, like, and I, apparently they were all for it. Like, Randy was pushing for the stable idea, like, you know, FTR, KO, and they just never really fully pulled the trigger, which is like, fuck, we could have had that over there in WWE. But, you know, things worked out in weird ways, and now we have CM FTR, and I like the stable. I, You know, you could tell, like, they genuinely have a great chemistry there, and in regards to how you feel about CM Punk, man, CM Punk's a draw, okay? Um, yeah. Listen, I have my opinions about how CM Punk handles things, but I will be lying to you if I said, like, man, this guy, just he doesn't bring energy. He, he brings the energy. You know, when he's on TV, it's must-see TV, okay? I, do I agree with everything he does or some of the things he says? No, but I also got to look at the bigger picture here, and I think sometimes us wrestling fans need to do that Whereas, like, we could have our favorites. We could have our favorite promotions. We could have our favorite guys or, or gals, right? But at the end of the day, you should never want to see someone else fail or see a promotion fail or wish bad upon someone, okay? We could like whoever we like, but, you know, there's so many shit talking from these fans, like, oh, from the elite side of things and from, like, the CM Punk side of things. It's like, bro, can we just enjoy wrestling? That's all we need to do. Enjoy yeah. fucking wrestling. And if it's a promotion that you don't enjoy, don't watch, or you don't like, guess what? Just don't fucking watch it. You know, there's plenty of people that I, outside of wrestling, right? There's plenty of people that I don't like or I don't support or whatever. Guess what I do? I don't talk about them, and I don't yeah. follow them. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And even if you're an AEW fan and you don't like CM Punk, you have to understand why he's here, and um, he's helping the promotion that you love grow even more. And and make more money. So at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about this and uh, feeling good, feeling good about Collision moving forward. And oh CM yeah. Punk. So let's go. Let's let's hope it. Uh, Let, let's fu- let's fucking go, go right? <laughs> like Sam Punk's. Yeah. All right. More on the AEW block. Big AEW block on on today's episode. All right. Let's talk about probably the best TV match of this year. It's up there, and that's Adam Cole and MJF. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We, we had our doubts last week on just like, wow, they're really pulling the trigger this soon, man. Like, what the fuck, man? What's going to happen? And, you know, we, we knock AEW when they do questionable things and when they don't tell the proper stories or they just throw something out there, and you're like, come on, what are you doing? But this is one of the times that we're going to praise AEW because – I wasn't even even thinking about this. They had a 30-minute draw. 
And I'm like, fuck. Listen, they gave... And you know what's so dope about this match, too? First of all, they both have great chemistry with each other. Amazing chemistry with each other, all right? They gave both guys time. And what's so dope about, about um, them leading to a draw is now you don't have to go right back into this. You could Now you can stretch this out because... Well, Adam Cole did say, give me five more minutes. MJ walked out. It's like, what, I, what do I got to gain from this? So now you have the tie-in whenever you want to revi- revisit this story again. Now you bought yourself some time because you gave us a teaser. And what's also dope about this match, too, is even though this match was fantastic, you could also tell that both guys held back. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I th- this I tweeted that uh, actually on the Lucha Outsiders Twitter. I actually came back this week and I started tweeting. Oh, again. go boy! Straight shooter on Twitter. So give it a follow at Lucha Outsiders. Um, I said it's the best TV match of the year, and I not even just in AEW, but in all of professional wrestling. Tell me another match that happened this year on Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown. AEW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, whatever whatever wrestling show you watch weekly on TV, tell me where there was a better match this year. You can't because that was the best one. Uh, insane chemistry that these guys had. Not to say that I didn't expect that. I didn't really know what to expect from these two guys, but man, they knocked the shit out of the park. And like you said, you could tell they held back a little. They didn't throw out all the stops because you just knew whether Adam Cole was going to win or lose this match. You knew that there was going to be another match, right? Because this wasn't for the title. Mm-hmm. And obviously we just got this impromptu out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes from here. Um, AEW, they love, they love their draws. I mean, listen, it is what it is. It's a way to, I don't stories. hate it though. I do not yeah, hate it. So I thought it worked in this situation. I yep. thought it was incredible timing. Yep. And like man. I, I props to everyone, cover. both guys and also the referee. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You you can't time that. I mean, there's so much that could go wrong in that moment. You only get one shot at it too, right? Mm-hmm. Live TV. It was so uh, good, it bro. Dude, I was on the edge. Of, I, it got me. Like I was watching it. Now, and now for those that don't know, and I think I've talked about this on air before, and Ryan knows this. Nine times out of ten, I am not watching this wrestling live. I watch it on yeah. delay. I stay away from my phone. So for all you peckerheads, like, hey, did you just watch this? No, I didn't watch it because I'm not watching this shit live. So yeah. I wait, I stay off of my, my phone, I go home, and I watch it on my DVR, okay? When I was watching this match, and it got to three count, I'm like, yo, Adam Cole's going to fucking do it. And then the bell rang, and I'm like, oh! I'm like, of course they did this. What? Yeah. This is perfect. Not only do you, now you buy yourself time, right? Because clearly, we're going to get back to this, but probably not right away, right? At least that's what I'm assuming, okay? But now you bought yourself time to once again tell this story whenever you decide to tell it. I thought it was a perfect ending, and they got me. And I love shit like that. And listen, we're going to talk about something else that happened in WWE where it had you too. But I love I loved natural reactions like that from the crowd and even from the viewer TV. When you're watching something, you're so invested, and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> yo. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't really emphasize the, uh, you know, the time limit, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think Justin Roberts did say something uh, at one point in the match, like uh, 10 minutes remaining or something, maybe something along the lines of that. But, like, I don't know. That went right over my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't really thinking anything of it. And I'm thinking, like, 
60 minutes, right? Like I forgot it was a 30 minute time yeah. limit. So I'm thinking 60 minutes and I'm like, well, they got like four or five other things on this show that are scheduled to happen. And if you go a full hour, you barely have time for any of that stuff. So I'm thinking no way they're going to do a draw, but I forgot about the 30 minute mark. And uh, yeah, I was just very, very like, once that bell rang, I was like, oh shit, like totally, like they got me. They actually got me twice. Uh, you know, a little early on, I thought they got me again with Adam Cole winning. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. And I don't know where you go from here. I don't know if we get this at all in, in mm-hmm. Wembley. I don't know if we get this at all out. Yep. Uh, we talked about this at length last week about how we don't think Adam Cole should be losing this no. feud. But then again, you don't really pull the belt off MJF this quickly either. I really don't think that makes much sense. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. But I loved everything about yeah. this. I loved MJF refusing to do five more minutes because, again, he wrestles on TV very rarely. Mm-hmm. Why would he – again, and he's a he's a, a huge heel. Why would he agree to do five more minutes if, if Tony Khan's not coming out and telling him to do five minutes, right? <laughs> like why, why would he just agree to do five extra minutes and give these people – you know, more time to see him in the ring. Like, that's just not how MJF conducts his business. So I just loved everything about that as well. So. Not only did he refuse the five more minutes, but he also refused to wrestle Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a good segue. I don't hate this match. I think um, I think Tanahashi's the perfect opponent to uh, yeah. face MJF because then MJF could have another... Um, another feather in this cap saying like I defeated the so-called face of this indie promotion in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He could run with that. I love it, man. I did not expect this. I'll be honest. I expected MJF to not even be on the show at all. I thought the same thing too. I thought the same thing. I thought if anything, I thought what we were going to get is MJF still showing up at forbidden door and just cutting out, coming out to cut a promo saying, like, you guys don't deserve me. That's the reason I'm not wrestling on the show. And then, like, a New Japan guy making, like, a run into attack MJF or something. I thought something like that we were going to get. But, no, we're going to actually get a match. And, listen, I'm not hating on the Tanahashi and MJF match. No, I think it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be so weird because we know how MJF actually feels about New Japan. And this is – he's been saying this for years. So, like, he's legit not a fan of New Japan at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be really, really funny to see this matchup happen. I love how he's refusing it. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really, really good. It's just not a, it's not a match I ever expected to see, I'll be honest. But mm-hmm. totally here for it. Speaking of Forbidden Door, Sonata, okay, he – put out an open challenge for his IWGP heavyweight championship and jungle boy is going to answer the challenge. And I don't know if you noticed that promo that he cut where he answered the challenge and he's with hook. I got a little bit of heelish vibes in that promo, man. He didn't even let hook hook talk and he kind of like downplayed hook a little bit. I think sooner rather than later, we're going to get a a heel turn from jungle boy. And he also said that I said, by the end of this year, I'm going to be a champion. And I feel like he's going to take that FTW championship, which is a, it's a, it's a non-existent championship. Like, I get it. But I feel like he's going to be the one taking that title off a of hook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's to say? I think that could definitely uh, be the case. And I agree. I think he's going to turn heel eventually. I think that's where this is going. He's going to eventually turn on hook. As far as him going uh, for Sonata's championship, I did not expect this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who I was expecting to, open, to uh, take on the Open Challenge. But not expecting uh, Jungle Boy here. I don't hate it. Me either. It's just very random and out of nowhere. Yep. I'm sure it's going to be a banger and a yep. great match. Mm-hmm. 
just not what I expected at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, that's for sure. Let's talk about this main event. BCC versus the Elite. This match was great. Brian was on commentary. All right, we got the we got Hangman and the Bucks versus Mox, uh, Yuta, and Claudio. Match was great. Listen, when it comes to the BCC and the Elite guys, they all have great chemistry with each other, all right? It's very, very telling the amount of chemistry they got with each other. Uh, the Elite picked up the win, and that's when all hell broke loose, okay? Um you got Brian involved, and then Eddie Kingston made the save to attack Claudio. Well, Eddie King, Eddie makes his return to AEW because remember he yeah. left AEW. He, he had his feud with um, Claudio in Ring of Honor, and him and Claudio are going at it. Okay, and then Eddie and Mox have a stare off, and they're facing each other, and then the Bucks are attacking Mox, and Eddie's pushing back the Bucks, and then. Uh, Takesha makes a run in and attacks Eddie Kingston, and then Kenny Omega returns, and then Will Ospreay shows up and attacks Kenny Omega and beats him up and beats him up and continue beats him up. Um, great segment, bro. I got like flashbacks of like Attitude Era when you get run in and finisher, and I love shit like that. I love when segments happen that way where everybody's just like hitting their like finishing or like. Their moves on each other, and this, I love big brawls like that. Only when it makes sense, and this is one of those scenarios where it makes sense. And yeah, uh, um, now it seems like Eddie, Eddie Kingston is going to get involved in this BCC Elite War, if you will. And it's going to be interesting the story they decide to tell, where whose side he's going to take because he was pushing back the Elite, right, because of his friendship with Mox. And then, but, you know, he also got beef with Claudio. And at the same time, if we go back a year ago, Eddie was Team BCC during War Games, during Blood and Guts. Mm -hmm. So what story are they going to tell here? Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, that's for sure. I did not expect to see Eddie Kingston back, um, but I'm very happy to see him back. Me too. Uh, yeah, this was a crazy, crazy ending. I loved Dynamite. it. I loved that it. That was like such an exciting five minutes. Uh, so much happened, so much to digest when it was all said and done. Um, Will Ospreay coming in was something I did not expect either. Uh, man, yeah, this, this was an awesome way to end the show because again, it built towards, you know, it, it furthered the storyline with the elite and the BCC. Now we don't know where Eddie lies because like, yeah, he, he came out and he attacked Claudio, but then again, like Bucks going after Mox and he stops the Bucks from going after Mox because they're still buddies. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out here. But then you also got Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, which they're getting ready for the match next week. So you further that um, feud, I guess, uh, a little further as well. So mission accomplished, man. I thought it was very, very exciting, very fun way to end the show. And um, yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see. I, I guess I would assume, right? Like this, this is leading towards blood and guts between BCC and the elite. I just don't know when mm -hmm. we're still waiting to see, you know, if Abushi's coming in and everything. So yep. yeah, there's still a lot to be told here. And, uh, but each week I feel like we're getting more and more progression. And also I thought the match was fantastic as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. One last thing on AEW and then we're going to move on to some WWE stuff. So, um, the room, I think Tony Khan said this in an interview this week. He said like, there's really, no, there's really, ain't going to be any exclusive um, brand split, if you will, between yeah. Dynamite and Collision. But that doesn't mean there isn't going to be one. And what I mean by that is I feel like Tony Khan is playing his cards right, where I'm hoping, this is just me ass assuming, where there is a brand split in theory, except like for the champions and maybe like top players here and there. But like mm -hmm. 
the only way this collision show is going to work, in my opinion, is if you do have somewhat of a soft brand split. Because I don't necessarily want to see the same guys I see on Collision be on Dynamite as well. Because then it's like another right. episode of Dynamite. You're not right. going to give other people spotlight and get other people to showcase, right? So yeah. maybe as we continue having more collisions, like I will still want to see like guys like Andrade, Miro, and maybe other uh, other girls too just stay on the collision show and then keep you know like other guys and other gals on the dynamite like you could there could be a brand split without saying there's a brand split you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think tony khan said that too and mm-hmm. i think what you said is perfect it, it's going to be a soft brand split not official like you know they're not going to draw lines in the sand officially mm-hmm. we're not going to get a survivor see- series here that's not going to happen okay yeah yeah but you are going to see the same people on Dynamite and you are going to see the same people on Collision every single week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's eventually going to change. You know, like maybe they'll cycle through people, but I agree 100%. That's the that's thing where it's like, I know a lot of people hate the brand split in WWE and I know people hate it because we it just doesn't matter because you see the same people on each show. Mm-hmm. But I liked I liked the brand split because I like tuning into SmackDown and seeing different people than tuning too. into Raw to see. It's, it's, you don't want to see the same shit every single week. On two shows, plus again, it, it, it the the special feeling you get when you see these people, it's just like, well, I already see them two times a week. Like, it's just gonna, you know what I mean? Like, if you see the same people, if you see Roman on Raw and SmackDown every single week, he's not as special as if you see him maybe once a week, or if you don't see him, you know, for a few weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I agree 100%. Leave the same people on Collision like last night who were on the show, have them featured on just Collision. Don't have them flip-flopping back and forth from Dynamite and Collision. I know we saw guys like the Acclaim, too, mm-hmm. probably going to be on Dynamite, I would assume. Um, but I don't want them to get into too much of a habit with that as yeah. well. So I agree 100%. Let you know, and, and it seems like when the press release came out for Collision, it seemed like they had their guys set. Mm-hmm. Punk, FTR, House of Black, Miro, Andrade, Thunder Rosa, you know, whoever else was on that poster. It seems like those guys and girls are going to be featured stars, mainly just on Collision for now. Listen, in worst case scenario, six months from now, when we see a whole bunch of like wrestlers from Collision with red and yellow shirts that say Collision on it, and they invade <laughs> Dynamite yeah. and they start attacking them, and they say like Under Siege or like Brand Supremacy, let's just blame Jimmy Jacobs and Will Washington, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's who to blame, yeah. guys. That's who to blame. <laughs> Yeah, good, good for good for Jimmy Jacobs. No, good uh, for Jimmy, man. AEW, yeah, it's uh, finally it, it, got out of impact. So, well, you know what? What I like about Jimmy too is, first of all, he has a plethora of friends out in AEW and also Impact. But then he also did a, a really, really nice post about his time in Impact Wrestling. And listen, man, I'm always uh, caping for Impact because I feel like their their product is very underrated and they do have a great uh, set of talent over there. And I. Their show is a very easy watch. So, um, you know, Jimmy did some great things in Impact Wrestling, and it's a tremendous loss for them. And, you know, I hope that doesn't change anything for Impact Wrestling. But uh, good for AEW, man, especially with um, – I'm sure you saw this with, like, the the BJ Whitmer situation, which I'm not going to talk about yeah, here. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to talk about that here. But, uh, yeah, listen, Jimmy Jacob is a great get for AEW, and it's, he's going to be an amazing asset for the company. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I, I didn't really understand. I didn't wasn't aware of his contract situation, so I didn't realize he was under impact uh, contract for mm-hmm. as long as he was. Because mm-hmm. I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, he's friends. He with was an impact for a while, bro. He was an impact for a yeah. very long time. Yeah. So I mean, hey, it's uh, yeah. I did see the post that he that he made um, after he left Impact. It was very nice and uh, made a lot of good memories there. But I think he's going to be a yep. huge asset to AEW. One thousand percent. It's 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 really great to see. Okay, let's talk about WWE, bro, because we had a, a big AEW block. So let's get into some WWE stuff. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Sure Peckerheads are dying for some <laughs> WWE. Content. Uh, Monday Night Raw started with the availing of the new women's world title. And just like we speculated, it looks identical to Seth Rollins' world championship, but with a white strap on it. Let me tell you something. With the white strap on it, it looks great. <laughs> It does. It, it's a beautiful championship. I just wish they uh, they were a little bit more creative and uh, you know gave this a little bit of a, of a different, unique design. You know, instead of re- literally creating the same exact championship, just changing but it, the color. But it said it also said women's on it, Ryan. It says women's it did, on it, too. but very small, very small <laughs> said women's on it. Um, you know, I don't hate it necessarily, but like I said, I just wish they could have. Nah, stuck their head I get into it. the creativity bag and just, you know, made something a little bit more unique and something different that stands out for the women. Don't make something that's I, I guess the the point of it was to put the women on an equal playing field as mm-hmm. the men. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. You could have done that though by giving them a different design. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion on it. Okay. More of the judgment day stuff. Uh, we we talked about it last week and I know you weren't too high about it, but we are indeed getting a Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio match at Money in the Bank. <laughs> What's your thoughts, Ryan? <laughs> My thoughts are why the hell isn't this guy world champion? What's I know we'll get into this, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but what Roman is doing with the bloodline, that clearly does not need the championship involved. Why is this man not the world champion, the universal champion? Yeah, uh, of yeah. WWE. Yeah. Uh, why? Why couldn't he have won the belt at WrestleMania? Because what you're doing with him right now is a whole lot of nothing. And I can't even believe they didn't even put him in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I can't even believe he's not in the Money in the Bank. He's uh, the storyline is right there where he could be like, okay, I conquered Brock for the time being. He's not going to show up. I got to go for the Money in the Bank because I need another shot at Roman. He's on the other brand, and this is my only way to get back at Roman right now is by winning this Money in the Bank and getting my uh, uh, rematch, you know? Why isn't that the storyline? And then you could have Brock come in and cost Cody the Money in the Bank as soon as Cody is right up there at the top of the ladder getting ready to pull that briefcase down and finish his story. Here comes Brock. Why isn't that happening? Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that because here's here's my thing and here's my theory. I feel like at Money in the Bank, Brock Lesnar's gonna cost Cody the match against Dominic, and Dominic's gonna I say, think so too. and Dominic's gonna be like, "I beat Cody Rhodes because he's a he's a disgrace of a father, just like my dad." Oh man. Okay, so you're not wrong with what you said, with anything of you said, but. I necessarily don't hate this Dominic and Cody Rhodes matchup, man. Listen, I'm I'm very high on Dominic, bro. Uh, just the heat he gets, how people are just like can't stand him, and how he purposely trolls the audience. 
I, I don't hate it, man. I, I like it a lot, man. And and just the thought that after Money in the Bank, he's going to be telling people he beat Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Big pop for me, baby. No, I mean, listen, I get a kick out of Dom. I really do. I think he's I think he's great. He's just embraced the role that he's I love in right it. now. I love it, bro. I love it, too. I just don't really think this is the right spot for Cody Rhodes. I, I, again, why is this match happening? Imagine, so imagine the Monday Night Raw after Money in the Bank. He gets on the mic after, you know, Brock Lesnar, you know, calls Cody the match and Dominic picks up the win. He goes like, and this and me beating Cody Rhodes and Money in the Bank, that just proves that we are the top family in the wrestling business. And I'm not talking about my deadbeat fa- father, Rey Mysterio. I'm talking about my real dad, the Guerrero family, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> no, I know. It, listen, it could be really great television. I, can't, <laughs> I, I think exactly what you said is going to happen to you. Brock's going to come in. He's going to help, help Dom or assist oh, Dom yeah. in the match. And we're never going to hear him. <laughs> fantastic because... The crowd don't let him talk right now. Oh, as so it is. good, so, man! Oh man, just wait until he beats so the, good, the, the poster boy of the company. So, so good, bro. So good. All right, yeah. bro. Let's talk about something that is not so great. We got a segment. Becky Lynch came out, and you know she talked to the, oh Ryan. I already see your face, oh, bro. I already know. And, and I listen for the record. Let me just say this for the record. I love Zoe Stark. Okay, I love her. I think she's a great wrestler. Okay, but man, this segment was very, very rough to watch. And I'm also going to, after we discuss our opinions about this segment, I'm also going to point out something that they could have done that could have saved it. Okay, so we, Zoe Starks comes out and he has a, she has a conversation with Becky Lynch. Jesus Christ. This segment was terrible, bro. Zoe Starks, this is not it for her, bro. Um, her overacting, and I felt like she was trying to like remember all her lines and everything she wanted to say in the process, and she was moving too fast with her promo. It, it just wasn't good, man. This is not a, a great showcase for Zoe. And then, you know, this ultimately led to a um, Sony Deville and Becky match, right? No, it was it Chelsea Green? It was Chelsea Green or Zoe? Chelsea Green. Oh, Chelsea. yeah, Chelsea Green. So Chelsea and um, Sonia come out, and then there's a face-off between Zoe and them. And I guess there was like mistiming there where Zoe tried to like kind of scare Chelsea, like, you know, like go like this, like at her. But Chelsea wasn't even looking when she did yeah. that. So yeah, like yeah, this yeah. whole segment was just a fucking disaster. But you know what could have saved this segment? A pre-tape. And when Becky was in the ring, you could have had a Zoe Stark pre-tape where she's just attacking Zoe, uh, where Zoe's just attacking Becky Lynch instead yeah. of giving her a live microphone mm-hmm. and where they're going to back and forth. Then Chelsea and Sony could have came out. They could have continued having the back and forth with Becky because they're more seasoned on the microphone than Zoe. And then Zoe could have came out and just watched the whole match on the ladder. That's what could have saved this segment. But instead... Yeah. Zoe just didn't have a great showing in this at all. And I love Zoe. Yeah, I'm going to give her, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt. She's still new to this, you know, environment. I know she was doing stuff in NXT, but going from NXT to the main roster is a big transition in terms of the crowd you're performing in front of, right? Um, it's live TV. I know NXT's live too, but I feel like there's a little bit less pressure when you're down in NXT. Um, 
I hope she gets better over time. I mean, she better get better over time, or else if she don't, never give her a live microphone ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I agree. I like Zoe as well. I really do. I think she has a lot of potential, but this obviously wasn't it. And even Becky Lynch on the microphone was not good either in this segment too. And Becky's usually pretty good. She could usually um, hold her own. And, and obviously with the man gimmick we've seen for years, how good she was on the microphone, she did not have it at all. Um, Trish Stratus has been awful in promos too. So I don't know if that's rubbing, you know, rubbing off on Zoe Stark too, because I guess Trish is mentoring Zoe, which you would think is a good thing. Uh, but apparently not if, if, if we're talking promos, the whole entire thing was a mess. Like you said, when, even when Zoe went to go scare Chelsea, wasn't even looking, the whole thing was just, uh, awful television. I couldn't wait to turn it off. So what you're um, saying, this whole, off any quicker. so what you're saying, this whole segment was one of these. Congratulations. You played yourself. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, that's, that's putting it lightly, I guess. <laughs> that's how bad it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was yeah, pretty I, bad, man. Just awful. Rough, rough watch. Awful television. The women's division as a whole on Raw, I think, is a mess at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, this is pretty bad. Rough watch. Okay. Uh, more on the positive note. We already know what Seth Rollins is going to do at Money in the Bank, and he's going to have a match with Finn Balor. I really enjoyed this segment. Yeah. To a degree. There's something that I didn't like, and I feel like Seth Rollins could have, like, um, maybe change the direction of this. So, I like the verbiage that we got back and forth between Rollins and Finn Balor. The only thing was that this crowd didn't let Finn Balor talk mm-hmm. at all with the with the singing or whatever. And I feel like Rollins could have like controlled the crowd, and instead he added like more fire to it. And um. I don't think it did the segment any favors, but we still got to the finish line, which is this matchup. And, um, you know, Finn Balor pointed out some pretty good points, saying, like, you know, Finn Balor, you know, he kind of rounds took something from him after that injury, and he could have never recovered. But rounds responded also with great points as well, saying that rounds evolved, and Finn Balor never did. And until this Judgment Day stuff, and you know what? When Finn Balor went back to NXT, I thought that was a great run for him too. But besides his NXT run and also this version of Balor that we're getting now with, with Judgment Day, you know, Finn Balor's WWE run has been okay at best maybe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree 100%. I, I enjoyed this segment, and I think that Rollins tried once or twice to quiet the crowd. Uh, but it didn't work and, <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, then he just kind of played into it again. Um, it's a little rough. I listen. I enjoy the crowd singing Rollins' theme, right? And I enjoy it for the first couple of minutes. Yeah, me and too. Stuff like that. But yeah, after a while, just let the guy talk. I mean, mm-hmm. let's move on here with the segment. You know, like the, when the crowd takes over the show completely. It gets annoying sometimes, and this is one of those instances where I wanted to see the back and forth between Rollins and Balor, okay? It's different than when Dom's on the mic, because that's the gimmick now, right? To just let Dom not even get a sentence in, or not even get a word in. Um, And, you know, that's that's totally different. But I wanted to hear the back and forth between Seth and Finn, and you could tell, like, Finn just... I don't know if I want to say he was getting a little rattled by it. He was, he was, bro. he was getting thrown off of his game. He was. And um, what he was trying to say wasn't coming out the way he wanted to say it. And um, like you said, we finally got to the finish line here, which was setting up this match at Money in the Bank. I love the back and forth. I love the points, like you just said, that both guys made. 
Um, and I, I think this is going to be great. I think, uh, you know, I guess it really doesn't matter. I, I was going to say I would have saved this for SummerSlam, bigger stage, uh, bigger crowd. But you know what? I mean, Money in the Bank in London, that's just as big, if not bigger, than SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the crowd's going to be energetic, red hot for this. And I'm looking forward to it. I think this is a great first um, program for, for Rollins to, to, to be in with the World Heavyweight Championship. The one thing I don't like about Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship is how he's just giving out open challenges like it's candy on Halloween, right? Like, anybody can come in. It just makes the world title feel less special when you're just handing out shots left and right to anybody, anybody, anywhere at any time. He's going to NXT to do the program with Braun Breaker. Uh, not not Braun Breaker. Um, yeah, Braun Breaker. Yeah, Braun Breaker, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Braun Breaker, yeah, I thought it was Carmelo Hayes for a second. Um, that's one thing that's fine. But, I mean, next week, or I guess tomorrow on Raw, he's giving out another open challenge. I don't know, man. It's different when you do it with a mid-card title. Cena did it with the U.S. title, and, you know, we've seen but it. But not the world the title. That's title. not what you want not to Not the say. world championship. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. And you know what? That's why in AEW you have these eliminator matches, right? You know, it's like yeah. there's got to be a balance. You know what I'm saying? And then yep. over on SmackDown, you have Roman that doesn't defend the title. So it's like... Right, right. Before... So make it make sense. Right, right, right. right, right. Um, okay. Before we talk about the main event, if you will, right? The hottest story in wrestling. Before we get into that, I do want to touch on the Grayson Waller segment that happened on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was a guest. Um, and then Bianca Belair came out. I really enjoyed this little back and forth because even Bianca coming out, there's a, definitely a little twist to her character. She came out with a little bit of a different swagger to her where she wasn't just necessarily always happy-go-lucky like she normally is. She kind of had a little attitude. Not necessarily heel yet, but she did have a little attitude, and I think this is a perfect character you know tweak for her because you know in recent months she's been kind of getting booed so i feel like this is this little tweak depending on how far they want to turn the knob i think this is going to be beneficial for her and i really did enjoy the back and forth between charlotte and bianca uh next week uh we're gonna get the charlotte and oscar match oh no not next week in two weeks right before money in the bank uh the friday night yeah friday night smackdown we're gonna get the match and I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if we're going to, if some shenanigans is going to happen. Are we going to get like Bianca facing whoever wins that match at Money in the Bank? Is there going to be like a, a non finish? It becomes a triple threat match. Is long term going to be Charlotte and Bianca at SummerSlam with or without the title? I don't know. But I did like the tweak they did for Bianca Belair and I did enjoy the back and forth between Charlotte Flair and Bianca. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like NXT Bianca coming out in the mm-hmm. segment and. If you remember NXT Bianca, she had that different attitude to her. Yep. She was heel, I think, throughout that whole entire run down there. Um, and, yeah, this is exactly what she needs because, you know, time and time again we see where somebody's at the top, right, and they're the ultimate baby face, and they're a champion. They lose the championship, and then they just never recover from that, right? Like, they're never, like, they never feel important again. They never feel special. Nobody cares about them anymore. Um, but I think this is going to be a good thing for Bianca to turn heel and to have this new you know new look attitude and honestly i don't even think like in this segment i don't even think it's really acting like a heel like you said because i don't think people want to see charlotte come right in and get an opportunity Mm -hmm. at the title when she's been away for all all these months right like that makes charlotte the heel in my eyes and bianca the babyface. but i think ultimately we're going to see a full-fledged bianca belair 
heel turn, and I'm here for it. And yeah, I thought she held her own on the mic. I thought the back and forth was great. And even Charlotte, who I'm not going to totally just bury her promo abilities, uh, but she has a tendency to really give off some pretty cringe promos from time to time. I thought she was really good here, though. I thought her and Bianca really had a great back and forth. They had a counter to each other's points, Mm -hmm. and they both made sense. Um, And yeah, I think, listen, Bianca, we've already seen her have a feud with Bailey. We've already seen her have feuds with Becky. Uh, We saw her feud with Sasha Banks. Charlotte's the only one where we really haven't seen that feud with. So um, yeah, it's fresh. It's something new, and um, I'm here for it. So I thought the segment was really good. The only thing I will say is, poor Grayson Waller, man. I mean, <laughs> I think this guy's fantastic. He's I really, really good. He has a lot of potential, bro. Potential. He has a lot of yeah. potential, yeah. He's just another guy he, in these. Like, there's no point to him being involved in these segments at all. Like, well, you know what? They, they, and, and kind of promo herself. I feel like this is like an ongoing thing. Even when Vince was still, like, ahead of creative and, you know, had, like, the pen, if you will. I feel like this is like an ongoing thing sometimes with, like, NXT call-ups. Because if you remember... When the Street Profits were called up, they were just promoting shows. They weren't even wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just promoting like next week's show and shit like that. So I feel like this is like an ongoing thing with certain NXT talent. But uh, hopefully he'll break out of that at some point because he. I think he has a lot of potential. He really uh, changed my opinion about him because when he first debuted, I just was like, really him? But he really has uh, changed my tune with some of the stuff that I, I got to see him over the last year or so. So I think he has a lot of potential. And then one last thing on the Charlotte and Bianca Belair, like future matchup or whatever, we're going to go down this road with both women. I just love the fact that they're both like alpha women, right? So we're really going to see who's going to like, going to be the queen of the jungle, if you will. And meet the jungle meeting like the ring. Yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right, let's talk about this main event segment, bro. So the whole show was building to this segment where Jay Uso has to make a choice. Is he in the bloodline or he's turning on his brother Jimmy Uso? So the bloodline came out, meaning Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Sol Sokoa. Uh listen, man, I no matter I, I know you have your opinions about like Cody being the champion, whatever, but just seeing Roman with that title, bro, him coming out, bro, is just like just hits different, bro. It still hits different for me, man. I don't care about the 15-minute intro. I'm here for all that. I'm here for raising my one-up. I'm all for that shit, bro. Big pop for me. And the fact that he's holding the, the new Universal Undisputed Championship, but then you have Paul Heyman still carrying the other two titles. It looks nuts, bro. I mean, yeah. yeah it, it looks nuts. It looks crazy. Those two titles around. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Look, that's, that's Roman's trophies at this point. He's going to be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to retire from wrestling, still being champion, you know? Yeah. Here, hold my title. Here, take it. <laughs> uh, goes to commercial break. Jimmy comes out, and then, um, you know, he tells her, I believe uh, the decision needed to be made, and then Jay, uh, no, Jay comes out, and then Jimmy comes out, and then there's um, there's a back and forth there, and then Roman and and, and Paul Heyman point out that, listen, Jimmy's always envied you, and he's the one that had a problem with you being the right-hand man. And then Jay looked distraught. He looked like he was on the verge of crying. He tells his brother, he goes like, is that true? He's like, look at me. And, you know, Jimmy kind of just was looking down. He didn't look like, yeah, I said that. He didn't have that type of attitude. 
He he said, yeah, yeah, Us, I did have a problem with that. But we don't know why he had a problem with that. You know, the way I looked at that segment, it's like maybe he had a problem with it because he saw that Roman was using him. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. We right. don't know why Jimmy had a problem with it. Yeah, Jimmy, if you go back to, like, the early pandemic bloodline days, okay? If you go back to that, Jimmy had an issue with how Roman was treating Jay. Remember Nobody's right. Bitch? You remember that? Remember the yep. shirt, Nobody's Bitch? Yeah. Jimmy had I, an I issue. Do, I do hope we get an explanation on that, too, mm -hmm. you know? Because that was a little weird, where it's like, Jimmy admits that he was against it, but, like, why? Mm -hmm. And, like, even, you know, even what happened after that doesn't really still tell us why. So I do hope, you know, okay. uh, we do get an explanation. I also, I also want to, you know what? I'll mention this at the end, too. Um, I wanted to point something out else out that happened before this segment. But, okay, so... Jay got Jake gets on the mic and listen. When it comes to like breakout stars, when it comes to this whole bloodline storytelling, right? I think Jay Uso takes the cake, right? Jay Uso cuts a promo where it's like, "Wow, bro, he really had me." Where I really thought he was gonna turn on his brother Jimmy. I I was I was so distraught. I'm like, "Bro, you're really gonna turn on your brother, bro? This is what's gonna happen." And he goes like, "And what I loved about this too is." Jay's using real names here. He's not using gimmick names. He goes, yeah. listen to your brother Joshua. Always prom king. Always the star of the show. Listen to your older brother. And he was just so fed up. And he's saying, he's like, the reason why I'm the right-hand man is because of him. He's like, I stepped up when you was hurt. I became main event Jay Uso. And he goes like, you know what? You're out. And I'm like, no. And then the crowd is also saying like, no. And Jimmy just looked down. He didn't. That's what I mean, like about the whole like why Jimmy had an issue with him with Jay being called the right hand man. It didn't seem like he had an issue with it that came from a, like a hateful or jealousy place. I think he was just looking out for his younger brother. You know, they're twins, but obviously Jimmy was born first, right? Um, that's why he kept. That's why everybody's like, "Oh, Jimmy's the older brother." So he just looked. He's looking out for his brother. So that's why it, to me it seems like he had an issue with it. And he just looked down, and he tells him, "You're out." And then Jay goes like, hey, you know what? I'm out too. And we thought the super kick around the hit heard around the world was the super kick that happened at Money in the Sand 9. All right, 90 champions. No, it wasn't. It was this super kick. He oh, yeah. finally pulled the trigger on his fucking cousin. Paul Heyman's on the verge of crying. Solo Sokoa chooses his cousin before his older brother. And he tries to attack Jay. And then Jimmy super kicks him. But Solo's so built like a fucking fire hydrant, he doesn't fall down. So he gets two super kicks from his brother. And the crowd is fucking going nuts. I was going nuts at home. Once again, like I said, I'm not watching this live. I'm watching this on delay, okay? I'm going nuts at home. I'm like, fuck, bro. They had me on the edge of my seat. This is fucking storytelling at its finest. Performance art. That's performance right there. And yeah. Roman gets on. Roman gets up, and just like with the Sammy situation at Royal Rumble, he's like, "You don't need me. You don't need me." And he gets super kicked again. This time from both brothers. Oh man, I love this segment so much, bro. And like I've been saying it for months, this is the best story in all of wrestling. Fantastic, bro. Chef's kiss. Yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore, man. I mean, this is just—I <laughs> so mean, this is a movie at this point. It's unbelievable. Um, just such a great, great, great segment. 
an unbelievable acting job by all men involved, oh. especially Jey Uso. It was always about Jay, man. This entire bloodline feud and storyline has always been about Jay Uso. Always from the start, when you know, uh, you know, literally going back to like the pandemic era, where you know, in the, in the Thunderdome, we got that Roman and Jay Uso feud, and we got that match for the title, and and then even you know when Jay didn't want Sammy in the group, and it's always been about Jay Uso, man. And I am starting to feel. Like, Jey Uso should just be the guy to, to dethrone Roman. Wow! I know. Hold on. Wow! I know what I just said about Cody and how he should be the champion, and he should be the champion. At this point, though, they dropped the ball with Cody. Cody can wait. They, they really had. They just dropped the ball with him. His momentum, you could tell, is just going down and down and down. I know he's still hot, and the crowd pops for him, but, like, He's so far out of this bloodline thing now and so far out of away from Roman and I don't know how he gets back in here unless like I said in, in, unless he won the money in the bank or he wins the Royal Rumble, I don't know how he gets Roman again, okay? Starting to think Jey Uso is just the perfect story and ending point. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, okay? I don't think that's going to happen either. But it makes sense and it would just be an incredible way to end the story. <laughs> And I don't know where you go from there, but I just think it would be an unbelievable moment. Um, listen, I don't think the title should be involved here at all. I don't really think the title needs now to be involved right. here. No, you're right. We could have got to this point without Roman being champion. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm still here for Roman being champion. But at the same time, this story, this chapter of the Bloodline, which is the Bloodline Civil War chapter, right, does not need the title whatsoever. It would have been perfect at WrestleMania where you have Usos lose and you have Roman lose. And then this storyline makes even more sense because mm -hmm. now everything's coming crashing down. And then, you know, now we're getting this um, the Bloodline Civil War at Money in the Bank. We're having Roman and Solo against the Usos. It would have just made sense without the title. Here's another problem that I have with Roman still being champion. He's literally going to be going from WrestleMania until now, till Money in the Bank, without defending the title. That's true. That is very true. And I don't want to hear, you know, oh, but he's defending it at a house show. Against no, Ray no, that don't count. That doesn't count. No, that you're right. Count. You know, I that hope that is my issue. Because I hope clearly, they point that out in a story too, where someone does call him out for it. Like, yo, you haven't defended your title since WrestleMania. I, I feel like that that should someone should point that out. Like, whoever the next challenger is, or whatever it is, or maybe it, it happens within the bloodline. Yo, when was the last time yeah. you even defended the title? Yeah. I, I think that's ridiculous. And you're gonna, then you're going to gloat about how he's passed all these days as champion and mm -hmm. how he's, he's no, got all right, these though. accolades, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah, of course he has because he hasn't defended the belt. I hate that. And, I, then, and then we have Raw defending it every single week. <laughs> right, right. So something something's just not right here. You know, it's, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, yeah, listen, I'm here for the Bloodline Civil War. I'm here for the tag match. And I'm here for... Whatever happens at SummerSlam, I guess Roman's going to be defending against Jay, one would think. Um, but again, Roman's going to win again. And then where does, this, does the story go from there, you know? Listen, I, it uh, wouldn't shock me if it – here's my here's my thing. If if we're going to – if the Bloodline Civil War story is going to continue all summer, right, it wouldn't surprise me if he defends the title against Jay or I, – I think I said this oh, last episode or two episodes back – it also would have shocked me if it becomes like a bloodline fatal four way. 
I yeah, think that or a triple threat or a triple threat, but I think a fatal four would make more sense because Rome is like Solo. You're gonna help me retain my title. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I feel like yeah. a, I feel like a four way wouldn't be out of the question either. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I think at this point, assuming Roman defends at SummerSlam, which God, I only hope so. It's got to be against somebody from the bloodline. I, I mean, who else would it be? There's literally nobody else. And that's my issue with this tier, too, is, like, there is nobody. And that's also another reason why Roman hasn't defended the belt. Because there's nobody to go up against. You know, he's beaten everybody. So, we, again, I don't think it's going to happen. But I thought it was going to be Cody. It should have been Cody. I think it still should be Cody, in a way, if it's not Jey Uso. I think it's the only those two people. Who else is going to be the one to, to dethrone Roman at this point? Besides those two guys who make sense. Then another thing is, too, and listen, as much as I love this bloodline story, and while I do agree with you 1,000% with Roman not defending the title, I don't like that either. But also, I get it. Like, you know, Roman holding this title, it's a cash grab, right? He, WWE's hot. And one of the main reasons is this bloodline story. So also, it's like, all right, what are we going to do after the Civil War chapter, right? Because now you got to, if the end goal is, right, for Roman to drop the title at WrestleMania, you got to start building up guys, man. And listen, I love AJ Styles, but my man, he's he went down from being in the final against Seth Rollins for the new world title to now just having a, 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 a kind of mediocre feud with Karrion Cross and Scarlett, and he lost this past week. So it's like... There goes one idea that I had AJ and Roman, which I know AJ wasn't going to win, but still, AJ versus Roman, fresh matchup, could be a marquee match at any pay-per-view, okay? You got to build up AJ again. Who else do you have on your roster that you're going to start building up? Like, you got to start building up these guys to be somewhat credible to face off with Roman once you're done telling this Bloodline Civil War chapter. Yeah, they got a big hill to climb here. I don't know how they're going to get to WrestleMania to, as, you know, with Roman still the champion. I don't know. Unless he literally doesn't defend the belt. I, I don't really, yeah, I don't know how you get there. Again, that's my big, big, mm -hmm. big problem with this. And I agree with you. As much as I love still seeing the entrance, Roman with the title hits different. Yeah, I agree with all of that. But I don't know, man. He just doesn't need it anymore at this point. I'm kind of getting over it. He doesn't. He did not need to retain at WrestleMania, and and they are they are showing you why with the booking of Cody Rhodes and the way the Bloodline storyline is playing out. They are basically telling you why he did not need to retain the title, and, yeah. and that's why me and everybody else who stands by that decision about how that was the absolute wrong decision. I don't care about all these freaking you know. Hall of Famers that are coming out, like Stone Cold and like all these other guys, were Eric Bischoff, Roman Roman retaining was the right move. Cody needs adversity. He don't need no adversity. Not everybody needs adversity. They are showing you why that was a huge, huge, huge mistake, and they dropped the ball on Cody, and I don't know if they could recover from it, even at WrestleMania next year. It's going to take a lot of work to get you know everybody as invested as they were this past year. But again, this whole entire bloodline storyline is showing you why he shouldn't be the champion anymore. And, like, I just don't know where you go after the Civil War, after SummerSlam, when Roman's through the champ. Where do you go from there? I'm a little bit optimistic. I feel like we could get that momentum back for another Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns 2 matchup. I'm still optimistic, but it just popped in my head right now. <laughs> Which, knowing WWE, this wouldn't surprise me, right? If, indeed, when and where Cody defeats Roman for the title the reason Paul Heyman is still carrying those two titles is because Roman is going to 
Roman is still going to hold those two titles as trophies, saying, I'm still the champion, not Cody Rhodes. He's, he's yeah, he's going to like, this is going to be his gimmick from here until he retires. He's just going to carry those two, or Paul Heyman's going to carry those yeah. two belts around forever. But he's going to hand it to, he's going to hand it to Roman so he could do the pose for the pyro and shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, one la- one last thing I wanted to point out about this uh, bloodline segment that we got Friday night. Right before the segment happened, right, right when you see the 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 shot of Jay Uso walking backstage, Sammy and Jay had a quick face off, and Sammy just looked at him and he kind of gave him a smirk, like, yeah. "Did Sammy know this was gonna happen?" I still love like, while. Sammy kind of has moved on with Kevin Owens or whatever. He's still part of the story in a weird way. Not necessarily a main character, but now he's become more of a, like a supporting background role of a character within the story. I still love that aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. Um, I still love how they show little teases like that. And Sammy just didn't forget about Jay. And Jay clearly hasn't forgotten about Sammy either. So, yeah, I do love that as well. And I'm wondering if, uh, you know... We see Sammy involved yeah. with them again at some point. Listen, teasing it. So, I, listen, you saw the Jay and Sammy, um, like quick, like you know, segment. You know, the crowd started chanting "Lucy, bro." That they, the, the yeah. listen, the audience haven't forgotten about like all those amazing bloodline segments with Sammy Zayn. Um, so I love shit like that. I really do. I really Me enjoy too. that. Me too, dude. That's it, bro. I think we covered everything. I, you know, we talked about a lot of shenanigans and a lot of controversy, some stuff that wasn't so great. But we also talked about a lot of great things that's happened this past week. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a busy week with all the AEW stuff and obviously the biggest thing going on in the world of professional wrestling with the Bloodline story. So, yeah, I think we hit everything on all cylinders. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, next, I know you probably said no show next week, Yeah, right? no show next week. Um, I got some things to do next week. And I think yeah. you also mentioned to me privately that yeah, you got some I do. stuff yeah, next yeah, week. So, yeah, on, we'll, so. Uh, we'll touch base the fine weekend, we'll talk about Forbidden Door, and we'll have even more to talk about after after next weekend because yeah, we got Forbidden Door, Money in the Bank, a whole bunch of stuff. Money, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, so it'll be a it'll be a busy weekend. You know, Collision, Collision's still gonna be a thing. So you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's gonna be busy, man. It's gonna be a crazy summer, uh, not just in AEW but in WWE as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. All right, bro. Dude, let me just thank you uh, real quick for doing um, the episode today. I know today is not necessarily the best day for either one of us, but I love I love you, bro, and I love that you know you took some time out to do. Of course, do man. Show, love bro. you too, and uh, we're in the same boat here. And uh, yeah, it's always a nice distraction, you know, regardless of today yep. being what it is today. But yep. each week, you know, even after having a shitty week, this is always a nice escape uh, to come on here, shoot the shit, talk wrestling, and just uh, hang out for a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, bro. All right, give me your plugs in, because you're back on Twitter, baby. I'm back. I'm back. Straight Shooter is back at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Haven't really been any been straight shooting. Um, just, you know, being honest on there and uh, doing some, eh, I wouldn't really say live tweeting, but just giving some thoughts here and there. So, uh, yeah, give it a follow. Ryan's like, listen, I ain't going to bring no negative energy on Twitter because we get enough of that, especially with CM Punk. Yeah, yeah I got <laughs> to try and, you know, at least tame it down a little bit. Got to balance it out. You know, you got to balance yeah, it out, right? Right, right. When, when it's worthy of, you know, throwing out some some tweets, you know, when, when it's worthy of straight shooting, I will. When, there's, but, uh, when it's worthy of throwing some live rounds, you're going to oh, do yeah. it. 
Oh, yeah, I ain't going to miss. All right, all right, ain't going to miss. Carmelo Hayes. All right, you can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mescla, App, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're still on a rebuilding stage. I don't know how long this rebuilding stage is going to take, but we're, we're trying to work the gimmick, all right, if you will. So for the old man, Leo, that's somewhere in this house for our Double Ryan Radar, I am yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hm